I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I am your host, Rod, joined as always by the other host of the show, Karen. And we are live on a Saturday afternoon, ready to do feedback. Find us everywhere that you find podcasts. Search the Black Guy Who Tips. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That all helps us out. We love it. The, uh official weapon of the show is but yeah y- yes phone jail <laughs> phone the, jail the unofficial sport bullet ball and bullet ball extreme 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 and y'all know what it is i mean hopefully y'all didn't come all this way for nothing this ain't your first time this ain't your first rodeo it's time to do the feedback so we got to talk about the people that gave us money on our website for nothing just donate it put something on it support it the show and we give them a shout out when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. right new handouts new shout outs let's go mariano a mariano recurring donator thank you very much adam s jason f joe h tyrone m call him dorothea s you know dorothea's love this show it's true it's a fact yeah they do michael f Michael I or Michael Irvin, playmaker, Jasmine A, Deborah O, Waste Bees Basura, Stefan H, Mary H, Allison H. The H's is in the building right now. Mm-hmm. Corey B. We got Jonathan H. The H's is back. Jeff M. Mar Marvin B. Yes, Marvin B. Early D. Uh, wait, Early Daisy Photography. Nicole F. J. Four. Mako H. Man, these H's. Michael W. Miss Barnes, Chriselle B, Asia D, Annie P, Annie, are you okay? I hope so. And we got a one-time donation from Kyle K, uh, not not the one that played for the Washington Wizards, mm-hmm, but Kyle K one. came and hooked <laughs> us up. We appreciate y'all. That's everybody. I'm going to get loose with it. All right. We got one five-star review. I'll I'll take it. And it's from Canada, so it got the exchange rate on it. (laughs) Oh, Canada. Thank you, baby. Ron and Karen are flames. I really dig this show. I'm a listener from Canada, and I heard Rod on Karen Hunter's show during the Foolishness Friday episode. We ki- He killed. And ever since that show, the podcast has been a regular podcast listening for me. This show is relevant, funny, and hosts are so smooth and cycling through serious, heavy, and light topics. I appreciate and admire the black excellence and inclusive nature this podcast embodies and will continue to listen and support from across the border while telling everyone I know about it. Thank you. 
Oh shit! Now we black excellence. Uh, <laughs> I give this podcast five DEI stars, which means two not point. DEI. Which means two point five real stars. Though I'm not sure. I'm not good at bigot math. <laughs> Steffi one love. Thank you, Steffi one love. Like that. Thank you, baby. And uh, yeah, I, I, DEI stars. Probably, that's probably about right for the exchange rate. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, thank you uh, for leaving a five star review. If you would like to get some of the, get in on this love fest too, and y'all out there listening, leave us a five star review. We love to read yours on the show as well. Uh, let's get into the comments on the episodes. The first one is from episode twenty eight sixty two. B Hall is a feedback episode. We got one comment. The comment is from Apia. Apia says, "I also wonder how Keith will continue the Keith and the girl." I hope you both will still be part of it somehow. Uh, that's the plan so far is to still at least do last week on Keith and the Girl for the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see uh, how it goes without him to there. Uh, but, you know, we have at least one more wrap-up show with him to, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to that. Yay! And then uh, I guess we'll see where the future takes us. I'm, of course, sad that him is leaving, but I understand that people need to change and grow. Still, I hope the blackout tilts will never end. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people, people got to do what they got to do. You know, I try not to. Uh, you never know what people going through and all that stuff. So, um, and and the ability to say goodbye is a privilege. Honestly, yeah, um, because a lot of people don't get that. Mm-mm. Um, and she's just, you know, gonna be globe trotting, gonna be playing Where in the World is Hemda, you know? <laughs> yes. Where in the world is Hemda Khalili? Um, all right, gumshoes. The poll for this episode, ah! we got no comments on the YouTube. The poll for this episode was Do you enjoy walking outside? Because we had taken a long walk outside, or I guess long for us. Walk <laughs> just outside. Long for us. Yeah, I know some people are like, I go outside, I walk three hours, and I, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. But we went out and did a walk outside, and then we did the show, which is why we started a little late. But um, uh, 92% of people enjoy walking outside, uh, about 9% do not. Um, you know, I totally get it either way. Mm-hmm. It's still exercise, and I know there's certain exercises I hate. And the percentage is the exact same on uh, Spotify, basically. So, uh, yeah, about 92% of people enjoy a, a nice walk outside. Mm-hmm. I, I personally enjoy it, particularly on days, not when it's sweltering hot, but when it's, like, warm and pretty or breezy. I think one day we went out and it was raining, but it was still a great walk because it was mm. cool. So I uh, really enjoyed it. I just like getting outside and feeling the wind and the vitamin D you get from the sun. Yeah, and I kind of enjoyed the this kind of weather where it's not getting too hot in the day, and there's a lot more time where I can walk because I, you know, I don't want to. I don't like walk, like walking in ninety degrees. I'm, you might as well just stay and go inside. But um, walking outside in like sixty, seventy degrees or so, like high, like low eighties, maybe. Uh, those are pretty good for me. And like today, it was like sixty degrees or fifty eight degrees. And I just went outside and took like a you know forty minute walk, forty five minute walk, um, and it was it was you know it's relaxing and therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the Q and A. Got to get that vitamin D. Langston says, "From that racist son, is there a black son I can get it from?" Uh, Creasy says, ah! 
That's what she said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> James says, considering that I'm on a low sodium diet, I have always been doing my 20, 30 minute walking on a daily basis and taking my vi- di- vitamin D medication monthly, right? Keep doing that healthy workout. Thanks, James. Mm-hmm. Chris says, I moved to No Sun, having ass New Jersey, and having it is a rare, nice day out. Going to the park with the dog as I listen to the blackout tips in the sunshine. Oh, and today, I'm sorry, I said and having it. Today was a so that day was a nice day out. So you, uh, so maybe a little reminder. Go go outside. Mister Span says he voted no in the polls because he's outside all day at work. So even if it's a great day outside, I can't really enjoy it because I'm working my ass off. Crying emoji. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I would hate to have a job that ruins something nice for me. You know, uh, like pimps probably feel that way about sex. They be like, oh, sex. Uh, Imani says, <laughs> nothing better than a sunny day. It can be such a mood booster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Redro says, uh, there are people outside. No, thank you. Well, that depends on where you go walking. Yeah, it depends on where you go walking. And where you live, because there's people inside, too, sometimes. Miss mm-hmm. Barnes says, yes, I just invested in some Hawker walking shoes, and I'm ready for the great outdoors. Come on, not the Hawkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it for the, the polls and the Q&A. Let's go to the next episode, which is episode 2863, Tyler Perry and Michael the Librarian. We got seven comments on this one, so y'all Ooh. actually have some things to say. Right. Uh, let's scroll to the bottom. DeGal704 says, the only reason I'm not watching is because I don't watch television, music, reading, and podcasts are what I do. I saw two movies this past year in the theater, first time in years. I do like Tyler and Kelly and get sick of the complaints about him. I watch several of his movies and stage plays. I know he ain't avant-garde, but can black people just do what they want? If you don't like them, don't watch. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I feel the same. Uh, and it's always funny because the straw man argument people set up so they can talk shit about Tyler Perry is this idea that black people are somewhere are thinking that he is like the like this this elite filmmaker who is making amazing films and not being recognized. I have yet to meet a person that thinks Tyler Perry is like getting ripped off at the Oscars or agreed. You know, is the movie reviews aren't fair? Like that's not what people are saying. They're just like I enjoy it. It's the, the same end. way. The same way a motherfucker can go and enjoy a double whopper with cheese and you don't need to walk by the window and be like, you know, that's got 1100 calories. They know. They know. <laughs> yes. You they ain't wanted, telling them no, no new information. They wanted a whopper with cheese that day. They weren't trying to impress you with their meal of the day. Apia says, I'm happy for you that you enjoyed the couple walks. Of course, you are able to talk all anyway with each other. I'm with my introvert husband. Uh, would I, with my introvert husband, need them for conversations? I think the conversations go better when you're walking and looking at the landscape. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't really talk when we walk. Uh, we mostly just put our headphones on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, like, uh, like and for me anyway, I struggle. When I'm trying to do, like, walking for exercise and talking, I cannot. I don't know why. It's like. Walking and chewing gum. I, like, I can I can t- walk and talk with you, but we're going to be walking real slow. <laughs> or I can not walk and we can do a decent, like, pace, uh, even though I'm still a slow walker, but we can do a decent <laughs> pace that that can, like, still, you know, make keep you winded a little bit. But I can't do both. Um, but what I, what is interesting, though, is I can walk, and if I have my headphones in and I'm listening to music, I can sing along to the music and walk. 
but even then I'm not like singing it right I'm just like saying like every couple of lines or some shit so but yeah I mean I, I I do see people walk and talk all the time and I'm always like man when I was in New York and they would my coworkers be like oh let's go do such and such I'm like cool but you gonna do all the talking cause I'm just trying to keep up <laughs> I can walk and talk shit I talk all the time so for me, it's not a, a, a big thing, but I do my headphones because it allows me to cut my podcast. And, like, I know that about Roger. So I, like, I just put my headphones in and, get, and just start walking. Uh, when you walk in your city, you always discover new streets or neighborhoods. Okay, maybe not if you in uh, of your city if it's only five houses or so. I enjoy being able to just stop and look at things without having to find a parking space. And some interesting things are only accessible for walkers, and so all this fun is free. I often walk with my dog and listen to your podcast. In my opinion, it allows me to think deeper about the topics discussed. Okay, I'll stop now with the walking, hiking propaganda, or too many people will be healthier and happier <laughs> for free, and my beloved employer, Big Farmer, might take a hit. Okay, I doubt it. Big Farmer will always find a way. Propaganda for walks on a black podcast should be called Walkaganda. I'm so proud now. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with black podcast, but I do feel like it is Walkaganda. Uh, we definitely promoting that right now. Kevin says, although you, you only mentioned him on in passing, I laugh when you brought up our favorite Cajun chef, Justin Wilson. Oh, that's what his name was. Yes, like me either. I remember him watching him as a kid. I love that man. Shoe Booty says, when Karen be knowing and not knowing, she's Schrodinger Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Sandler Agney says, hey, Rod and Karen, I don't like Tyler Perry that much. I do like his mess occasionally. Films like his Acrimony Medea films and even the mess that was Fall from Grace on Netflix was quite must-see TV for both cinephiles and casual viewers looking to cook off of a good time. Look, I know Tyler isn't exactly a union or writer-friendly person given his reputation, but let's not forget this mofo was homeless writing plays somewhere in New Orleans. Maybe also the reason this man don't want to share the limelight with other writers besides the fickleness of people is because he did in fact work very hard for this vision i mean low-key that gal battery plot device was a bit of a deep cut to tyler perry's beginnings for what it's worth i do plan on watching mea, mea copa and i can't wait to watch it uh i hope it's as nutty and ridiculous as, as fun as 2019's the intruder was which shout out to Deion taylor and his particular brand of wonderful mess yeah i, I love Deion taylor movies too and they not good to me but they they good and entertaining and sometimes it's all a movie you need to be it doesn't have to be like oh man you have to see the performances sometimes it's like oh my god that was ridiculous and and the thing i realized when i got off the air and i don't remember if i said on the show or not i probably did but i forgot uh if you ever sent me any watch this tubi bullshit fuck you don't tell me anything bad about tyler perry those tubi movies are worse than tyler perry movies yes they are and y'all have found a way to ironically enjoy them and then you act like it's impossible to do that with tyler perry i'm ironically enjoying some of his stuff and i don't care uh it doesn't bother me you know i'm at a point in this postmodern social media era where every anytime i see black media being talked about in this pedantic woe is me my feelings hurt ass bullshit i immediately get angry not john Kavanaugh from the shield but cuba Gooden jr boys in the hood angry i know what <laughs> i know what uptight white people think of black shit they either don't watch it get uncomfortable out or or, or not hurt feelings or just discard it outright 
certain black people in film twitter circle just sound way too cool for this and someone who grew up watching 80s and 90s films like i'm gonna get you sucker trespass men at work more money i'm kind of offended to a certain extent i guess my thing is we want audiences to see our movies but you're going to shun the likes of tyler perry lee daniels kenya Barris, deon taylor who may not watch steve mcqueen's widows or av rockwell's a thousand and one both are phenomenal films by the way just making a larger point then what the fuck is the point seriously if they're going to be much harder on our shit and not something truly shitty as 2011's The Help, directed by Tate Taylor or anyone else, then the only thing I got at this point is a fuck you because you want it one way, which is their way. I mean, all of the black shit is here in all the phases of entertainment. Issa Rae is killing it as much as she can and isn't uh, to where Tyler Perry has made his empire. She's done everything and is at her wit's end now. Uh, I'm confident she'll succeed, but it'll take time as all things do. Her film, The Photograph, directed by Stella Maggie, that also featured Lakeith Stanfield, was damn good. And people claiming to want a non-traumatic black film were nowhere to be goddamn found. I, I 100% agree. I remember when that movie came out. That movie was very good. And me and Roger really enjoyed that. And that's why, like, a long time ago, I was like, oh, y'all need to kiss my ass. Because you say you want something, then, then somebody literally put the shit out you want and you don't support it. The fuck? Yeah. I'll st- yeah, I, I I will forever be mad about that shit. Like, I, that movie was great. And a lot of people just wanted to get hot takes off, but it was what people asked for. Is a movie that was uh, ahead of its time, but also well-filmed, well-acted, and about breaking generational cycles of trauma. And n- these motherfuckers like, it's boring. And I was like, oh, suck my dick. It's 2024... Uh, support the art you claim to beat your chest about not be fodder for MAGA, uncomfortable white people on black art, coons, etc. When you compare a Barry Jenkins Underground Railroad versus another show and say the former doesn't have any trauma, yeah, you're full of shit to me, and I can't see those folks any different than the people who claim to be woke. Yeah, that's a big one for me, too, is uh, I watched uh, them on Amazon. I actually thought it was really well done and really good. Uh, I understand that it's triggering and traumatic and all that stuff but some art is meant to trigger and yes it and is bring up trauma that's it's the whole purpose of it's it. the paintbrush that we get to paint with and you don't have to like it you don't have to watch it but it doesn't make it not good so i did watch them and i thought it was actually really good and really smart um i also watched underground railroad which i also thought was really good and, and that whatnot. that was excellent uh no 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 you're thinking of underground oh barry jenkins underground railroad is what i watched and it also was triggering and dealt with trauma um watching critics black especially denigrate them but big up barry jenkins was one of the most ridiculous hypocritical things i've ever seen because for some reason the trauma in them was was like it's so oh it's so no one can ever watch this and then in like episode one uh underground railroad a dude is like whipped and then like put on fire to death in front of all the other black slaves and it's like why why so why are you lying when you make your review and act like well barry jenkins just knows how to handle it no one knows how to handle it's just trauma you either right. are telling people this is what happened or you're not i saw someone complain about origin and they were like i'm not, i wasn't ready for another you know for a movie to reference trayvon martin's death and i'm like one it's not like they show you but you know you hear the audio call 
But is Ava DuVernay making a film based off of Cast, which is a book about race and racism and caste systems and oppression? I'm sorry, but that's what the fuck is going to be in the movie. What mm-hmm. when, when you watch When They See Us, you can't be like, for years you spent so much time. Why isn't anyone telling the Exonerated Five story? Why can't anybody talk about the Central Park Five or whatever, you know? What, when are we going to tell our stories? A black person comes in with integrity and directs a series about them, and you're not going to watch. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to see that story. Right. And you somehow think us even telling the story, talking about the story, relaying in into media what has happened to our people is is offensive or bad to you and I, I that bothered the hell out of me i can see that and that goes back to some of the things i said before about just because you don't like something just because it's not your jam just because you don't like the person director whoever the creative person is does not mean it does not have the right to exist and it's not someone we're not making it mandatory watching no one's taking mm-hmm. your black card just mm-hmm. you can do it at your free time and free time means not not up. just free time I'm saying you can just not watch it agreed there's a lot of shit no, I just no don't one watch. no one's checking you i've never got on here and been like really you know i watch a lot of stuff that karen doesn't watch justin doesn't watch people that come on the show don't watch i don't ever come on here and start preaching oh y'all niggas didn't want to watch i didn't say that i'm like just don't don't try to act like it shouldn't exist because you don't want to watch it or that is bad to even broach the topic because you don't want to watch it that's not what's happening and a lot of times these are people personal hang-ups because i have to agree there were some things that i've had my personal hang-ups about and i'm just like i'm just not gonna see that the end you know and i have my reasons why i'm not gonna watch it but i don't stand on you know my platform and go 10 toes down on how the shit shouldn't exist i just go i personally make a choice not to consume it and that's okay he goes on to say because there's something inside of you truly not allowing yourself to be free see a shrink or a therapist He'll get rid of hell. Get rid of Twitter and all that anti-black poison. You don't have to like Tyler or Dion. Nothing wrong, but the lift to make their impact not matter is offensive. Cicely Tyson, Idris Elba, Taraji P Henson, and so on. Uh, Viola Davis, by the way, as well. I know she tries to look back, and she doesn't have to love the help. She doesn't have to love doing something with Tyler Perry, but. I mean, that kind of stuff is what keeps you afloat so that when you get back on top and you get those prestige projects, somebody was getting your name back out there in the zeitgeist, you know? I know Elba had his brief bullshit with the black actor doing movie things, and that was a moment in time that made him look like a fool. But he was in these, and that's okay. You're not a failure, Elba. You did Takers, too, and you're doing fine. Anyway, I went on a long tangent on this, Rod and Karen. Y'all have been on to something with this for a minute. For me, I'm just fed up with the people lying to themselves about enjoying these films. I guess my fucking gene hit overdrive at 36 years old. No regrets. Love y'all. Take it easy. Thank you. Thank you. EVE says, I'm not ashamed to admit that I've seen every single Tyler Perry movie, and some are bad, and some are really bad. But no matter how bad they are, I'm still entertained because I like them for what they are. I like those messy Tubi movies. Yep, it's me watching all the Tubi movies because they make me <laughs> laugh, and I know what to expect from them. I don't watch Tyler Perry for highbrow cinema. I watch to be entertained and to laugh at the bad wigs. And yes, I watched his latest Mia Copa. It was a hot mess, and Travante Rose had a tragically bad wig, but did I enjoy it? Well, I, I don't know if you've seen these interviews Taraji's been doing. That was his hair. So. Oh, I, no! 
Because I, I saw people saying that, and then in multiple interviews, he's had that cut. And I'm like, unless he wears the wig 24-7, that was his hair. And he just thought that was what looked good. Uh, you got them right, I did. The only thing that surprised me about the movie is that no one got AIDS. The same people who claim to hate Tyler Perry movies are the same people secretly watching them because that movie has been number one on Netflix since it came out. And so for uh, for so many people who aren't watching, they sure know the plots and the characters better than the people who aren't ashamed to admit they watched them. Michael the Librarian is such a pure spirit. I saw his TikToks and they're so wholesome. Some people are just super miserable and saw wild say wild shit online. They never would say to people in person. Right. I'm so happy you got closure from Truck. That was really great for both of you. Got closure too, and the incident was heavy on your heart. That was heavy on your heart. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, and let's see if we have anything on YouTube for this one. Three comments. Uh, Clark Jr. says, hey, Karen, does Crunchyroll mess up on a tablet? Because I've been thinking about getting the app. Thanks for letting me know. Appreciate it. I don't know about the tablet because most of the time I watch Crunchyroll, I watch it through the smart TV because the smart TV got an app, and I watch it through the Xbox because the Xbox got an app. I haven't really tried tablets, nor have I tried phones. You might might actually be better you know connection maybe because it's a smaller device i don't know but uh from my experience it 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 just skips i don't understand it's very hard to binge uh when it does that like i say you might get to one two episodes and then it'll spin and then it'll catch up and then sometimes it'll complete freeze where you have to completely go out of it and then go back in it or reboot your tv which is very very frustrating that's why sometimes on certain things if netflix has it i'll just go to netflix because i was like it's just not unless it's something that's exclusively on crunchyroll uh and you know i i if i see it on crunchyroll first first i watch it there but if i later on i see it on netflix i just switch over netflix because it's just smoother i i you know i be, you can be on your netflix only thing netflix asks you is is you sleep you know but as long as you got it there you're gonna you're gonna continue to play it's very frustrating like i said before that country row bought his competition for a worse fucking app uh he also said or clark jr also says love y'all first time wa- y'all watching y'all on youtube eating snow crabs on the balcony oh flex Come on, on snow crabs ramsey says uh doing it for the gram made my heart smile you two don't ever change it was fun mm-hmm. i like i like to hold some good ones i forgot to do it this week sorry everybody but uh yeah i love doing it for the gram mm-hmm. um all right, let's get to the poll. Did you watch Mea Copa yet? Yes, not yet, or I'll never watch it. Yes, 30%. Not yet, 35%. I'm still haven't watched it. I'm, th- I'm in the 35. I'll never watch it, 35%. So, uh, And then when it comes to the poll on um, Spotify, let's check that one out. And it's 18% have watched it, 50% haven't watched it yet, 31%. I will never watch it. So okay. Um all right, let's get to um the Q and A for this episode. Um and it is black. Uh tip <laughs> big and bold. Wallace says twenty four seven three sixty five blackity blackity black. A bunch of black hand emojis. Aaron says, best believe that when Tubi or some other service makes Risa Tisa TikTok movie about who the fuck did I marry and it's bad, everyone's still going to watch it. Yep. Magnificent Breezy says, uh, or Magnificent Breeze says, 
they have those passed by my house and I love them because they connect the community college, hospital, library, grocery stores and lakes throughout the city. It's a safe mm. and beautiful alternative to driving. Dorena says, I watched Mia Copa for Kelly Rowland and was so happy she was she wasn't in a busted wig. Oh yeah, you know she brought her own hair people. Yes, she did. She the, was like, I got it. I got my own hair people and makeup artists. The movie is what I expect of a Tyler Perry movie. I'm waiting for a remake called Medea Copa. Ha. And, uh, That's Mrs. hilarious. Mrs. Spade says Tubi is definitely going to drop black folks once their financial threshold is met. The same way Fox dropped Martin Living Single and NY Undercover. Uh, that don't seem suspicious to you, brother. Uh, Bokai says Q Dead Mike. Cause I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black at that black, and I'm black, y'all. Uh, Leash says I watched Mia Copa for Kelly Rowland, and it, it was eye rolling in some parts, but it wasn't too bad. Redro says history. Alicia says I love a terrible Tubi movie. Give me a free weekend of Tubi movies, tea and cookies, and wine and popcorn, and I'm good. I was a gatekeeper that was mad when they blew up on social media. Ha. Uh, Tubi hipster and shit. Alumni <laughs> uh, says. Uh, Alumni says, "My white wife live lives for Tyler Perry movies, and I love watching Trainwreck. So we are guilty of aiding in the black capitalism. I met, I believe, my wife watched for a different reason. What's her other reason? She she don't want to aid the black capitalism. What's brother? You need to look around your house. Okay, she got to be down with the revolution if it comes down to it. Uh, all right, let's get to. Uh, well, actually, let's let's play some music and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna get to the next episode. <laughs> That one's called Stop. Uh, 2864, The Insurrection Fives. We had had four comments. Uh, Apia says, I couldn't be friends with someone who is a right-wing voter. Here's the situation is a bit different. We have so many parties that I, in my life, voted for three different ones in various elections. I always vote left. The question is how left. The bad, bad right-wing party is called the AFD. If I knew someone who was a voter of this party, there is no way we can ever hang out. Other medium conservative parties I could live with, they are still pro-science and against Nazis. Deb says, greetings to you both. After hearing Wednesday's episode where you addressed the caller about Van Lathan, I knew I had to write you. Thank you, Rod and Karen, for doing your show so unapologetically and being true to who you are. It's refreshing, and I'm forever grateful. And I learned about you, you on the Karen Hunter show last year. I love your Friday spot, too. Anyway, you summed it up beautiful, beautifully with what's at stake if people in our community want to be contrary and not vote. You illustrated so well about how we will be affected by not voting, period. I love everything about your show. Lastly, some of these people with so-called platforms are not voters, recent voters, high-income brackets, and very uninformed attention-seeking sellouts. In my opinion, they'll survive the outcome. The rest of us will be adversely affected. Staying stupid has negative consequences. Thank you, Ryan and Karen, for your voices. I need to hear them and appreciate them, Deb. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, um... I was thinking about this today because I was watching TV and they were talking about the Trump, um, the Trump classified documents trial and how that judge keeps trying to push. Like she seems very sympathetic to delaying the trial and there's a possibility she delays it to after the election. Mm -hmm. And if that happens 
and he wins, there's no way he's going on trial and there's no way he'll be able to be uh, punished for it. But what I kept thinking is there's a, there's a very ironic, there's something extremely ironic uh, apropos if it comes down to if the American people say no to Donald Trump, he will have to face the consequences legally of all the shit he's done. But if they say yes, he won't. And I don't want that to be what the election's going to be about, but that might quite possibly end up being what the election is about. Mm-hmm. And everybody who says, I just couldn't vote, I'm voting for MAGA, I'm voting for Trump, I just, well, they didn't earn my vote on the Democratic side. All of them are deciding essentially that day whether or not Trump should face consequences for everything he's done as as a as that he did as president. Agreed. And I don't know how they can live with themselves like that, but I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I sat home. I, I have to go and try to see, do my best to make sure that man faces consequences. Mm-hmm. EVE says, <clears throat> if I see anyone wearing those Insurrection 5s in real time, they are getting clowned. Not only are they uh, ugly, you just know they're cheaply made and will probably fall apart in the rain. And there's no guarantee you'd even get them if you ordered them because this sounds like another scam from Trump. Right. No. Yeah. They probably um, are never going to get them shoes. They, I've seen this scam before, Big Baller brand. Yes. Like, the fact that anyone fell, is falling for this is crazy. That Wonka experience looks so janky. They put those workers' lives in danger because if the right one showed up to that man's hands would have been thrown. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I guess they could do that in whatever country that was in. Mm-hmm. Try that shit in, like, Detroit. You would have got stomped out. <laughs> what? Lying on people. Yeah. Um, the last comment is from Angela who says, Hey, Rod and Karen, <clears throat> thanks for keeping it 100. People must not have had it hard enough during the Nixon, Reagan, Bush, and Trump years. Talk about doing MAGA's work for them by not voting. I hope parents are teaching their kids. I think a lot of these kids have grown up in these segregation light years, uh, L-I-T-E, segregation light years, and don't know what our people have been through, and the adults who act this way are in denial. I greatly appreciate you expressing yourself in reality clearly and bringing that honorable John Lewis energy. We don't have the same privilege white folks do to be all in our feelings about candidates and voting. Truthfully, not even white people can afford to do that. Now, see that part. That's the part, Angela. That's what you can't a lot get of them to understand. That's what a lot of the like apathy. The So I have this theory. I don't know if I articulated on the show or not, but I definitely have talked about it in real life to friends and stuff. My theory with a lot of the black intelligentsia slash black like apathy, black, um, you know, whatever, got to hear both sides, people. I have a theory on that. I And I don't think they would ever cop to this because I don't think psychologically they're even, they would even receive what I'm saying as anything more than just like me shitting on them or something, but I really am not just shitting on them. I think it's, I just, this is what I've analyzed from far and what I believe it is. I think there are a lot of black people who see the freedom that white people have in this country of being okay, no matter what party is in office for the most part. Now I'm not saying they're truly okay. White people would benefit at least with the choices we have in this country white people would probably benefit from voting uh, Democrat. Mm-hmm. But because they're so racist or bigoted or whatever, conservative, a lot of times the policies that are passed hurt them. 
Yes. And they don't seem to care. But in general, they'll still be okay because even the Democrats aren't a party of anti-white people, right? So when the Democrats pass something, they have to consider white people are part of that coalition mm-hmm. and a big part of it too, probably yes. the majority of it. Um, and so they, st- they, they might not have the majority of white people on their side, but they have a majority democratically of white people as the voting base part of, you know, mm-hmm. they're not the most... You know, we, y- y'all understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Democrats pass stuff, it still helps white people. So what do white people really have on the line? Either I vote for bigots and I get my racist way, feeling superior because my feelings matter more than the truth. So as they cut my own benefits, I don't care about that because the feeling I'm after is one of uh, superiority to to black and brown people, right? But let's say I lose. My side loses. I voted Republican and my side lost. I complain about it. I hate it. I don't like that these black and brown people are in the government and and getting appointed to be judges. I hate all this shit. But the policies that are passed, they don't hurt me. Mm -mm. The policies that are passed are relieving my student debt, too. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? The policies that are passed are making sure I get a child earned income credit or uh, making sure that I get lower taxes or or that the rich pay higher tax. Like the white people in general will be okay. And there's something about that that I think black people in some cases are also envious of. And they see it as achievable, but they work backwards. They say it's a... I think they're looking at it backwards and going, the behavior white people have is one of... It doesn't matter. I don't care. I won't vote for the thing that's good for me. I'll sit out of this and I'm going to be okay. Because that to them, that is what freedom looks like. Freedom is what whatever white people have. And if white people have this, they have this reality where feeling their feelings are assuaged and catered to even when it's wrong and it's detrimental to society. That's what a lot of black people covet. And they would like to have that. And so they're on their platforms promoting exactly what you said earlier, because I really think they're like, this is what freedom is. If white people do it, I should do it. I think that's why you had some black people that joined up with the like Bernie or bust movement. And, and cause it was like a, Oh man, this is what it's like. You know, this is real freedom. We're pushing this thing. But you saw a lot of those um, alliances break apart when Bernie wasn't going to be the nominee there were a lot of black people over there that were like, well, I'm still going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm still going to vote for and Biden. Like, I'm not crazy now. And then, and then people started, you know, you're a sellout. You're, you know, the, the started getting harassed from within that side. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it can be, um, it can be a lot, but yeah, that's my theory. Um, but yeah, thank you care for telling people too, for telling people what, what's what about voting in a big picture for us as people. I can't remember if you talked about detergent in this episode, but that report on the detergent study hurt me. I use Tide Pods a lot of them out of necessity. When I use liquid detergent, I used a lot out of out of necessity. I think each Tide Pod may measure the one and a half one and one and a half or two tablespoons. I don't know how active these people are, but having a household of pubescent active kids, a husband, and myself, there's no way you can only use a tablespoon or two with large or even small extra dirty, normally for my family loads. Nothing smells worse than ballet clothes. We are lucky to have a washer that measures the (laughs) water needed for loads. 
This study probably came from the same folks who concluded that letting water and soap run down your legs and feet left fewer bacteria on your legs than and feet than scrubbing them. I don't know what they are used using to scrub, if anything, but I cannot believe that study just as I can't believe this one. I cannot see using three pods for a light load, but the generalities they are talking about are blasphemous. I will continue to follow the guidance of my ancestors. <laughs> Hey, you, <laughs> Come on, the goddess of my ancestors. They use the amount of detergent, oxyclean, and yes, a tiny cap full of pond salt for towels and extra stinky clothes when needed. E- open your third eye. This is a trap. Thanks for the awesome episodes of your passion. Hugs <laughs> and kisses, Angela. Oh, thank you, Angela. That was so funny. Uh, let's see. Comments on YouTube for the Insurrection Fives episode. Um, one comment, Shix B says, all. Mikey and his dad with the trans woman video is so sweet. And Mikey with the hell yeah. <laughs> it was sweet. Um, all right. Let's look at the poll. Wendy's price surge, surge pricing. Wendy's surge pricing. That's what we're trying to do. Um, wait, why can't I see the total votes? Oh, snap. Oh, okay, I got it. All right. Wendy's surge pricing. Uh, they will do it or never going to happen. Now, damn it, if they didn't spoil it before time for the poll. So now, how many of y'all voted never going to happen just to be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but you, but but by the time the next episode came around, of course you knew it wasn't going to happen. I just had to hope y'all were up and up. But I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, 83% <laughs> said it's never going to happen. 17% said it would happen. And on Spotify, where they probably vote, right away before they can go back and listen to the next episode 50 50 now that that's, i think is true that's yeah that's I I that sounds like a more valid yeah. voting system i yeah. think some of y'all waited some of y'all the, cheated the update and came back some of was like, like, i know the results i knew it <laughs> anyway uh the q a was oh no the x-men is gone woke <laughs> After? uh langston says to me my woke men JB says, wasn't it always? DJ Freedom 8 says, I think the BLM tweet was a joke on white people making their feelings everyone else's facts. And the way she was attacked, it kind of shines a light on their hypocrisy. I don't think it was about Tay. Really about. I don't really think it was about Taylor Swift. Um, Look, maybe. I told y'all when I read it, she could be joking around. So I don't want to say for sure which way or the other way it wasn't you know i just wanted to kind of talk about it in general but i will say um something is there's something about the internet and activism that i feel like we kind of lost the plot at some point like the people that like you getting people mad about the super bowl what does that really do for anybody right you know what I mean? And then to do something that's kind of trolling people, but then use it as some type of evidence or like, see, I told y'all, I don't know. It's, I, I guess I'm looking at a stunt like that. That's, that's almost like something an influencer or a comedian would do. It mm-hmm. just, but whatever, you know, I'm not the one running at work. So good luck to them. Dorina says I'm Mexican and like you, Rod, I don't trust people with questionable hygiene telling me to use less detergent. Did I did laundry and thought about it for a split second. And my ancestors said, absolutely not. Mm. <laughs> the Brown ancestors be looking out. Okay. They be out here. 
Kadian says, wait, I think I just figured out the line from White People News jingle. We're a little bit dim. The sun's really harsh on our fragile pink skin. White people news. Uh, well, that's not the part. There's, there's some stuff that happens before that. But we actually know the answer because that person that wrote it, Rick, he wrote in with the lyrics. It's just once your art is in the public, it doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah, we and make up our own versions. That's not what it say. <laughs> it's a lot of songs. They got the flat lyrics out there. I can read them. I say, fuck your lyrics. I got my own version. It's just yeah. like some people think it's biggie, biggie, biggie. Can't you see? Sometimes your love just hypnotize me, and I just love your fleshy waist. Some people think it oh. says it. Uh, J. Damo says, the journal just covered J.K. Rowling in a podcast episode and with a link to Spotify. Thanks. Alomni says, as long as they don't change Storm's titties and Rogue's pog, I will continue to watch. Well, Alomni, you're going to be very disappointed because they've already taken out Rogue's big butt mm-hmm. uh, in the new one. Uh, yeah, people are very down upset. the pog and they are not happy about it. Yeah, I saw the pog lovers are mad. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw, yeah. And Alumni, I think you know, between mentioning your white wife and uh, this comment, pog p a w g, badass white girls. Yeah, I think we know what Alumni's into over here. Playing field is magnificent, man. Snow bunnies everywhere now. You know what I'm saying? I just. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes I'm I'm, I'm on a ski trip and because I'm, I'm I ain't never pulled so many before you know it's like I'm I go to the to these clubs down here in downtown and I was, it's like snow bunny heaven you know blonde hair brunette hair hey sometimes I go for the freaky one the purple blue you know hair I, I like the the Caucasian girls they hey they like to feel on me I like to feel on them double D's hey. That's what it is. I ain't even mad at you. I am. Miss Barnes says, <laughs> I'm not. I'm wheezing like hell when I thought I heard Karen say, you'll find a nigga in a haystack who will buy those tacky ass dump shoes. But she said needle in a haystack. Um, <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, all right. The last episode of the week was 2865 lifestyle condoms. Um, we got four comments. Uh, Appia says, Rod, I just wanted to say how people did hate on books and you said it. Exactly. When we when we when we will have brain chips and other implants, grandma and grandpa will tell the kids how the world was great when we used to have TikTok. Exactly. <laughs> Swabby P says, I just wanted to come in and say on the topic of voter apathy, Van Lathan, etc. Amen, brother Rod. Amen, brother. Thank you, Swabby P. Evie E says, fuck Mitch McConnell. He can go all the way to hell. He is a turtle-ass-looking ghoul, and I hope he cashes in his ticket to hell with gasoline drawers. They'll probably replace him with someone worse, but glad he's gone. Fuck Lauren Boebert, too, and her whack-ass family. Angela replied, preach, Evie E. May he have the same, preferably more amount of suffering he calls for eternity. Who the hell was the Democrat dating Lauren? White Dems are white Dems are so unreliable, could be so unserious. She is not even palatable uh, Republican if such things uh, exist. Well, I mean, obviously that guy uh, is what they're both white, and so like I said earlier, white people can kind of coexist in this like world a lot of times of like, mm-hmm. yeah, we vote differently, but wow, 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 they think it's cute, you know. Um, like you see that sometimes not i'm not saying every time or often but you know it's it's definitely a thing uh to lauren Bober is one of the better looking republican like congress people if 
if it's just about that um so who knows if he's even talking about her politics and and maga bullshit mm-hmm. he may he just, just trying he to may bang just be like look at these titties mm-hmm. and you know people do that you know people people have that concept of hate fucking which i don't have but i but i see it enough to know it's a thing real thing for a lot of people yes, like sir. i would i would have sex with this person i find like morally repugnant because there's something <laughs> hot to it about it maybe he was into that i don't know the poll was oh wait comments on youtube let me check that um none for this episode okay let's check out the poll the poll do you want an apology for slavery from the government yes no or not for me to say 74 percent say yes 21 percent say no five percent say not for me to say on spotify 60 percent say yes 30 percent say no and 11 percent say not for me to say i saw you shaking your head karen no is there a reason why you would not like the government to apologize for slavery because i know i'm never gonna get it what how does that make sense (laughs) it's a poll we're living i hope nobody else answered the poll this way do you want an apology for slavery from the government and you're saying no because i'm never gonna get it (laughs) you're correct all right (laughs) Uh, no that don't make no no, it's fine it makes it makes sense it makes sense i'm sorry um don't buy condoms from the flea market. Roger PJ says, what about the swap meet? I mean, it's your babies. Go ahead. Typhlosion <laughs> says, they out here selling blubbers. <laughs> Kisha says, an apology for slavery is just words without acts of contrition. Flea market conditions would be more trustworthy than a U.S. apology. Um, that I understand, but I don't know that it would make me not. I don't like I don't like I think that makes more sense to me as far as like whether you don't want it or something but to me is what the limits of your imagination is with that question because we didn't say would you like an apology for slavery and then no acts of contrition we didn't say that um but you know i guess everyone and, can assume what they want and yeah and, and i that's I, and i'm assume i guess the way my mind ticks i'm i'm saying no because i'll go you're gonna give it, and then nothing else gonna happen like like that's it oh okay it's whatever but, you the know. limits of your imagination your that's true what your imagination answered this question there's nothing <laughs> extra in this poll that said any of the stuff people are saying <laughs> my bad no it's not your bad the, our imaginations are what make us all different and and so in your imaginations it's never going to happen. No need to even think about it. In her imagination, even if it happens, they won't do anything. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong. Percy says, absolutely not. What are we, savages? Maybe. Uh, uh, so maybe he is going to buy some condoms at the flea market. <laughs> Alami says, I don't want an apology. I want money. Magnum condoms are called mids. Just like your condoms, just like your condoms, so is your sex. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. If you say I don't want to apologize, I want money. That I think in that reality, my brain goes to: Do you think there will ever be a time where they give black people money for slavery reparations and don't apologize? I feel like the the apology is implied in the money, and I don't mean that in like, oh, here's some money, we don't have to apologize. I mean they're going to apologize and make a big deal out of giving everybody money. They would. They would not just be like, oh, we woke up on a Tuesday. Every black person had X amount of dollars in their bank account, and that was the end of it. Go about your day. No, they're going to – whoever the politician that passes that, 
whatever Congress says it, the black people that have worked hard to get that push, they mm-hmm. would definitely say something. There would be an acknowledgement and more than likely, I think, an apology. But that's my imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is Oa, son of Strong, says, you call them no lifestyles. I said, nah, they're going to be death styles when you catch that herpes, gonna syphilis, AIDS. Ah. All right, let's get to <laughs> voicemails, but I'm gonna play some more music. Okay. So I know where to put the, you know, put the uh, commercials and stuff. Um, all right, let's go with this. <laughs> All right, voicemail time. First one's from Tiffany Sharice. Hey, Rod and Karen. Um, I was just calling because I was laughing at my three-part series rant about Monique. I didn't mean it for it to be that long, but in our defense, the little operator lady, when we call in, takes up at least 30 seconds of her time. (laughs) Just kidding. But anyway, I was going to talk about um, the fact that um, Beyonce's um, country album, I'm so excited for it. Um, is one of those things where I was reminded of actually of how much I actually used to listen to country on the way to college in the mornings. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, so I had a very um, big urge to seek out culture in all different kinds of ways. And it was always country in the morning and R&B and rap in, uh, at night coming back from work or from college. But I'm excited that she's opening up new, um, awareness to some of the, uh, the rappers. I mean, I'm sorry, not rappers, just country singers that are, um, overlooked because they're not the mainstream country. Um, the black artists, I'm excited for that and for them. And um, I have more to say, but I don't want to go into three parts anymore. So anyway, Beehaw, excited about, about Beehaw. And I will be looking forward to Karen's um, array of country attire. <laughs> Everybody have a good rest of the week. All right, bye. Uh, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, sweetie. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. I want to see who she collaborates with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got more voicemails. This is from Kiara. Total. This This is... Uh, Kiara, listen, I'm on episode 2836, and y'all talking about some Be His Coretta. And y- y'all are going through the women of <laughs> of the movement, and y'all are talking about who the baddies. <laughs> the baddies of the civil rights movement, and I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Y'all niggas need help. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all stupid for this one. (laughs) Y'all dumb. Y'all need some real. Y'all need Jesus. Y'all need somebody. That's this is comedy. Cause I've never heard. <laughs> I've never heard no shit like this in my life. <laughs> I'm hanging up on y'all. I'm sick of y'all. 
Rank up on us. Honestly, I'm really glad because um, that's actually an old ep- older episode. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I <laughs> came up with the idea of doing that list on the show, and I and it's one of those things where I, even as a joke, I was like, I don't even know who this joke is for because it requires an intricate knowledge of who- what those civil rights women look like. Correct, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and 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 an appreciation for the fact that I could go off the dome and be like, okay, but what about you know? And so uh, I, it's been probably over a month since we did that episode. Well, I maybe. appreciate the call, I appreciate baby. You calling in just to appreciate it, man. I uh, Richard Lewis died this week, and I thought about how everyone has something nice to say about uh, Richard Lewis, um, which is extremely oh, rare, rare especially for an older white dude i know he's jewish but you know older white comedian there's always some joke there's always something some interview and motherfuckers get mad somebody you worked with that didn't like something or whatever and everyone was just sharing these great moments of him just cracking people up and all this stuff and i was like man if uh, if you leave behind a legacy of laughter that is a life well lived mm-hmm. and sometimes you know uh when y'all call in and appreciate jokes and stuff from the show it reminds me of like yo hopefully we're leaving behind a legacy of laughter for people to be like yo the this shit cracked me up, so I, 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 nothing makes me feel better than that shared laughter. Even with us not being there, you know, I feel like we laugh together. <laughs> All right, next voicemail, I believe, is from O'Neal. Hey, Karen and Rod, it's O'Neal calling from Houston. Uh, you might know me from the LaDre proposal video in the background yelling, yes. is that a yes? Yes. Um, that was me. <laughs> I just wanted to reach out. I know you guys always preach um, – you guys are not an advice podcast, but I've been listening for so many years at this point, and I just really wanted to reach out. Um, I'm moving to Chicago with my company, and I'm quickly being pushed up the ranks faster than I can keep track. Um, mm. Man, I just have such a sense of imposter syndrome, or mm. I don't deserve this, or wow, like they're really going to take care of me in this way. I, I just wanted to reach out, you know? So, I mean, a little bit about me. I'm I'm very accomplished in my field, which is ironically hospitality. Um, and that's actually how I found your show years ago. Um, but I just wanted to know how or if you dealt with this when you went to New York, um, you know, for the writing opportunity. I know that you've spoken a little briefly about this in the past, but now that you're a bit further from that experience, I'm curious if your thoughts have evolved or... Um, you know, strengthen, but I just wanted to know how you dealt with that. And now that you're further removed from it, how is it going for you? Um, luckily, Monique's husband isn't managing my career. So at least I know I'm doing that right. But love y'all for real. Thank you. Uh, um, okay. So I, I will say this, um, cause it sounded like it was directed towards me. Um, but what made my imposter syndrome vanish and I haven't felt it since in, in any professional capacity was sitting in a room with some imposters, like seeing some people that I absolutely was like, I am better at this than you are. And there's no fucking reason for me to ever feel intimidated about that. Um, I, and, and it's a combination of, 
me believing in myself and and seeing what I could do and seeing that I had talent and that people were recognizing that um, because you know there's a there's a thin line between people who are just like I'm so talented and they're just arrogant and overrating their own talent and they're actually not that good and they don't put in the work to be good um, but those people don't have imposter syndrome those people believe they should be in the room even if they and don't deserve sometimes it. those people get in the room mm-hmm. and you're sitting across from that person in the room and you're looking at their shit and you're like this is what's the hot shit but my shit hotter and after i seen that man i ain't never felt that way again um because if they've been in no if they got to that room and on whatever the fuck they did whether it's a nepotistic thing whether it's uh whatever we all managed to get in the room together somehow mm-hmm. and um i looked at their ability to not doubt themselves as a plus it's and i'm mostly because it's inefficient to doubt yourself right what do you really get out of doubting yourself like it, it leads to taking longer to do work and you're never gonna feel good about it because you don't believe you should be there so, questioning your decisions yeah so mm-hmm. it just it's just more and more time procrastination all this stuff and i think it threw some of my coworkers off you know some of this is there they were veterans in the game had been doing it for a while some of them um you know whatever it threw them off in two ways one i would always ask questions and i did learn eventually like sometimes you have to ask questions when people aren't around because you know if motherfuckers is just trying to get in and out of meeting i don't want to hold the meeting up but right i'm not gonna sit up here and assume anything i want to know so that i can do better the other thing i think that fucked them up is i didn't waste time on assignments if you say you need something i get it done as soon as possible in as high as quality as possible as I believe I'm capable of doing. And then the process, the processes that we have there are designed to make my shit better. It's designed to come back to me with suggestions. The faster we can get on that, the more I want to, the, the faster I get my shit done. So if they're like, hey, how long is it going to take you to write this thing till you got till Friday? I might turn my shit on Wednesday. And the thing is, uh, I didn't really care about other people and how they look other people's processes for them so yeah, some of them got their own some of them need till friday and they're gonna act, they're gonna whittle it and they're gonna be over and 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 some of them their shit is so because everybody was a beast to, in my opinion mm-hmm. so so they just their process is different but mm-hmm. anyway my point being um i mostly just got over it because i think imposter syndrome is a waste of time and I know it feels like something you can't control. It feels like something that's just in your head. And I can't speak for anyone but myself. So that's why I was not called what I'm saying is advice. I'm just giving you my experience. I just stopped believing that I didn't belong. And that was it. I, I wish I could tell you some like, I, I did this medication. I took this thing, you know, or whatever. It, um. You know, I, I definitely credit therapy because I, I remember she had me doing some um, some exercises and some worksheets and some homework every week and stuff. And one, I remember one of them I had to, I, and I put this on my vision board. I still got this to this day. It was a list of all the positive things that I could, that I believe about 
like what how I know how I have impacted other people. It wasn't like a oh these are things that I'm I'm aspiring to. It was like no, how do other people see me? What have I been to other people? Because you know I would struggle internally with my own esteem about myself. Not you know I in a way that I would never feel about someone else. Like if if a friend was telling me that was. I, girl what are you talking about you're awesome you did it mm-hmm. if you know but but when it came to me it was like well maybe you're not that awesome i don't know nigga and so i had to write this this list of these attributes of things that i am you know um and then uh she told me she like put this somewhere where you're gonna see it every day you know and i put it on my vision board and every time i brush my teeth i see that shit and i'll be like yeah i'm that nigga too and so um, I think maybe, I don't know if that exercise will help you, but maybe something like that. If you got a vision board, especially going to a new thing, you know what's crazy? Before I got that job with uh, Game Theory, before I was even in New York, I had New York on my vision board. I put New York mm-hmm. specific stuff. Me. On my vision board. My, my my bootleg vision board. Copying his thing, I did the same thing. Yeah. I, had, I got a bootleg vision board. And what's so wild and ironic about it is we did that years ago. And some of those places I've actually been to. I know it sounds uh, uh, weird, but uh, shout out to Ray Sani. Ray Sani, I had like a little thing on my vision board of the Empire State Building years ago before we went. And when we went and came back, I looked up at that board. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can check that off the list. Yeah, and so you going through this season of change, you getting ready to experience some new things, um, I would say maybe sit down and think about a vision board. I know this sounds like some hippie shit, but, I, you know, you, you asked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say, do you something where you have like a vision board and maybe practice a little visualization and put the things on that, that, that not just the things that you want to aspire to and want to do. Um, but you know, and the idea of thriving and succeeding, not just surviving up there, but like you said, you're succeeding at your job. They're putting you on a path where, where you, you feel like it's ahead of even the schedule you have for yourself put that on your vision board too so that you won't feel out of place when the success happens because i think you know uh at least for me that 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 will help to be like i i should be here and like i said maybe put that list of 10 to 25 things of if you can't think of them on yourself think about what people would say about you what would your family say? What would your friends say? What would your your lover say? What would your you know? What would those people say you are to them, and then become that to yourself? Because if you can be reliable for someone else, you can be reliable for yourself. If you can be inspirational to someone else, you can be inspirational for yourself. If you can be loving, caring, hearing, gentle, uh, whatever else, you can be that for yourself, and you be that to yourself in Chicago, and. You'll you'll feel like you belong, I believe, uh, uh, real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next voicemail, Kiana. Hey, Ronnie, Karen, this is Kiana. So I was listening this week to y'all talk about uh, Tyler Perry's new movie Mia Copa and people's response. Here's where I am with Tyler Perry movies. Uh, Tyler Perry movies. 
I think about them the same way I think about the Fast and the Furious franchise. Once you relax your mind enough to know that ultimately the storyline isn't going to make much sense and it doesn't really hold water, you can sit back and just enjoy it. Because we went to go see the last Fast and Furious movie for my birthday when it came out a couple of years back. And once I realized it's just entertainment, I could enjoy the fact that it was two niggas in space driving a 79 Pinto. Because yes. where else are you going to see two niggas in space driving a 79 Pinto if not the Fast and Furious movie? Mm-hmm. Like once you realize it don't have to make sense mm-hmm. and you really stop taking yourself quite so seriously, you can then stop taking Tyler Perry so seriously. Because I feel like at this point, we're all just here for the kiki at the bad wigs the mean black man and the light skinned lady who need to be saved. Period. In discussion. Love facts. y'all. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. And yeah, that's facts. I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, next voicemail, and this is the last one, and I don't know who it's from. Hi, Rod. Hi, Karen. This is Marguerite, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Gem of the Ocean. I think this is my first voicemail that I've ever left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was recently listening to the episode that, where you all had Keith and Hemda on, and it was just so beautiful and moving how you all validated each other, your work, um, the audiences that you've cultivated over the years, um, and it was really moving to me. Um, And then I listened shortly after that, the episode where you went over the doing it for the gram and asking people what their favorite thing was about the show, and it was clear that there's so many things, it's hard to choose one, but I had to add my voice to the chorus. of how much I appreciate all the work you do and the way you share your lives with us, whether it's, you know, going to the gym um, and using a personal trainer for the first time or taking a trip, a girl's trip to a Caribbean island um, and sharing those experiences or just your shift in perspective and how you change your mind or you take in new information. And, of course, all the laughs, the funny things, the news means a lot, but just that you all are there and you really allow us to get to know you um, in a way that is so personal and meaningful. So thank you all for all that you do. I love every episode and I'm grateful to be part of the, the black guy who tips community. Take care y'all. Thank you. (laughs) I feel love. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I remember I met her in um, one of writing for game theory, uh, she came to a show and stuff so yeah and i always see her on uh instagram and stuff with her family and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah we appreciate you and the kind words of of uh affirmation and um yeah i i i enjoyed doing it for the gram that week because um you know sometimes it's just like um we should encourage each other to like celebrate and mm-hmm. uh like you know obviously we want doing it for the grand to be funny and stuff and all that too but there's something about um there's something about taking doing it for the gram and people people being able to have positive memories and think about happy fun stuff that Mm -hmm. just does it for me so all right now we need to get into the emails but first some music
All right, we got some emails. Okay. Uh, as my app freezes. All right. Oh, no. Oh, we love to see that. <laughs> we love to see it right in front of company. What the fuck? We all have right. we have people here watching us. It's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to shame you in front of all your little friends. <laughs> see if I can open up another browser and maybe we can look at it that way. Okay, I think. So I'm still on the screen, right? Yes, you are. Okay, so as long as y'all can see me, I think I'm okay. Okay. Um. Oh my god, so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. All right. So Louis says hello. I love the show and really appreciate y'all comments on Tyler Perry. I've always found the negativity towards Tyler Perry is somewhat anti-black and part of some blacks thinking less of southern black people. You can't listen. Listen. Okay. Don't make me say it, but you, that t- it can't. I'll tell you this much: you can't. It can't be pushed out of the conversation. Correct. I think it's a part of the conversation. I think it's a larger part of the conversation than some people are willing to admit. You know, because the foundational base of Tyler Perry is Southern Black Christian women, like mm-hmm. you know, the foundation that supports a lot of the things that he does. And, you know, there's always a subsection of blacks that will always be ashamed of Southern black niggas. Like we just, quote unquote, holding the whole goddamn race down. Where literally most of everybody across this country came from somewhere down south because, you know, the migration didn't happen for no fucking reason. So if you go down your history line, nigga, we all related. And it's always weird to me, too, because, like, if you're black from somewhere else, more than likely you talk differently than the white people from there. Mm -hmm. And the people from there think the negative shit they think about us about you. Yes, they do. So like there's white people that think the way like Jesus and Merrill talk is not as good as if it was like an Italian person from Staten Island who also has a very New York accent. They're, they're like, no, one of these is a stupid person. Or, you know what I mean? Whereas one of these can be a congressman or whatever. It's like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? Uh, his art, and it is art, has been a big part of the Southern black people's culture for a very long time. My family would drop everything to watch his plays on VHS. His work ain't for everyone, but he is serving a loyal audience that is overlooked. Also, I think the quiet, non-trivial part of his audience is Southern black men. We love mess. Anyway, thanks for the great shows. Sorry for the gulf glitter emails, but I just finished Avatar live action show. I liked it a lot. I think it was faithful enough to the cartoon. Also, love seeing so many brown people on screen. Yeah, we just talked about that on the Nerd, Nerd Off, Off yesterday, mm-hmm. which if you're a just a tip tipper on Spotify, paying that $5 a month, it's in your feed. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you're a premium listener, it's in your feed uh, on our website and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, we, 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 I loved it. I loved it. I finished it this last night, matter of fact. And uh, man, I hope we get a season two because that joint was hitting and I thought it did a great service to the first one and updated some things and changed some things in the ways that I enjoyed. And if I would, you know, and if I want to see the old one, I can always watch the cartoon. You can always watch it. Uh, but yeah, big fan of that, what they did with Avatar. And, you know, in the wake of finding out to this morning, they canceled Brother's Son. So that we get no season two of that. I'm just like, fingers crossed for Avatar, because, like, what the fuck is success over there? I have no idea. Right? That don't make sense. A lot of people love that. Brother's Son was good. So That's good. what I've been hearing. Number great rave reviews. Yeah. 
Brian says, Dear Ryan and Karen, I'm a middle-aged white man who listened to a lot of country music as a kid. It saddens me to hear these uh, those unreasonably critical of Beyonce's foray into country music. So I do unhealthy things like respond to comments about it. One commenter says something <laughs> to the effect of, let's see Beyonce try to sing the dance. To which I responded, do you really think the dance is hard to sing? Then I got a glimpse of understanding. The dance is a beautiful Garth Brooks song about heartache. It's very simple and easy to sing. I can sing it. Country music to me is simple and easy to sing, and perhaps it's best that way. Consider that I Will Always Love You as a simple ballad of parting and heartache. Song by Dolly, that's exactly what it is, a love that has to, had to end. When Whitney sings it, however, it becomes a song of triumph where you kind of expect those crazy kids to make it work. I do consider Whitney's song to be a country song, and to me, that is fine. Oh, do not. Okay, I do not consider it to be a country song. I, is, I can see that. I can see a lot of people consider Whitney's version more like an R&B version I wouldn't of even, that song. I wouldn't call it R&B, though. Maybe a ballad? I don't know. A what, ballad? An R&B yeah, ballad? I wouldn't call yes. it, but it, I don't know. R&B, rhythm, and blues got something different to it, I think, than what she did in that song. And And the thing is, like, Whitney struggled in real life, in real time, with being classified as black music. A lot of the stuff that people do now to denigrate like Lizzo and shit, they did to Whitney when she was alive. Yes. She died and then everybody changed and it was like, they we always love Nippy. Mm-hmm. She was our favorite. But I remember when people she crossed over, man, they talk shit. I remember people questioning her blackness because she got too popular. Mm-hmm. And it and and in such a weird, sad, ironic, fucked up thing. It took her dating Bobby Brown and being on drugs on reality TV and becoming somewhat of a laughing stock for people to be like, okay, she is black, which I don't even want to get into the psychology of what that must have meant for right. motherfuckers to say that dumb shit. Right. But um, it was like, she's black now. <laughs> she's ours now that she's on crack. Like, it was such a weird thing. Like, she was never not black right. in the first place. And I'm not sure that doing drugs and being in a very volatile relationship makes anyone blacker. But, okay, whatever. Anyway, um, I I don't know what I would classify that song particularly. You know, Karen says R&B. I can see pop. I can see ballad. I remember it was a fucking mega hit. I didn't even know it was a cover. I, just, I didn't either when I first I thought heard it. she made that fucking song. Me too. For for years yeah. until I was like, oh okay. Video was everywhere. Motherfuckers mm-hmm. went and saw the bodyguard because of that shit. Like yes, they did. She she did that. Uh, it's wonderful that Beyonce is expanding, and I hope many others follow suit. If I don't consider an artist's offers to be country, I can choose not to listen or take it for something different and wonderful, where you can discover brand new ways to have your soul touched. Mm-hmm. What's the alternative, really? To have the likes of John Schneider, who was great as Jonathan Kent, uh, create bullshit barriers to entry. That would be like having a gymnastics competition where the most complicated move that is allowed is a cartwheel. So the less gifted participants have a chance. Yes, yeah, a lot like college basketball. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> One more thing, check out the YouTube of the 2006, I'm sorry, CMA Awards, and watch Faith Hill's reaction to Carrie Underwood uh, when she wins an award over her. Country gets antagonistic with those who have not paid their dues. Love you guys, Brian K. Thank you, Brian. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I I, I think it'll be interesting to see what goes on with Beyonce and country music and the CMAs and all that stuff because uh, there's... The thing about Beyonce is that 
there's a protective halo around her of black folks who are always ready to ride. They always, they got, they, they ready to fight at any time. And if these country motherfuckers do not, like, if they fuck around, they gonna fuck around and find out if they fuck with her because they fucking with the wrong one. All right, y'all, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back uh, with more episodes. Until next time, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.